Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. here shouldn't we it's been a while since we've had a, a gridiron stud show almost brought, almost forgot the name of the show but nevertheless we are here it's friday the 13th we picked a really good day i guess to come back we're coming back on a friday the 13th what could possibly go wrong chad wilson and amo calamino here gonna spend a whole hour on this free agency thing you know, amo loves this stuff oh man there's all kinds of stuff going on you love it too who are you kidding yeah, you know. I mean, it's I interesting. To... I don't know if I love free agency. I mean, as far as, you know, I think you and I share a similar view of free agency in and of itself and building rosters, but I enjoy the discussion because I think it keeps, you know, the, the, it keeps us interested year-round. Yeah, so that's that's going to be us for the majority of the show. We like to kick things off in the beginning with uh, general topics, whether it be from sports or anything else. Uh, look, politically speaking, it's been a while since you and I have chatted in, uh, in this particular forum. Is it a big deal that uh, Hillary Clinton had her own uh, server <laughs> set up in her house to uh, Well, if we remove the politics from it, yes. I mean, if you really mm-hmm. want to be honest, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this, right? It's not like you or I, <laughs> working in our jobs, decided to route our email through our own server. Let's assume we didn't work I'd for like ourselves. Like sure, you, you do. I'm, so you may and someday, and I have done that myself. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's bad enough the Chinese can, you know, I'm using them as an example, hack into companies all the time just for fun to cause chaos. Mm-hmm. They get into government files, and here she is routing State Department secrets through her own email. I mean, that's a big thing. By, by the way, I was reading up on this. I guess when you join the State Department and, and leave, there's a form you sign saying that you'll mm-hmm. turn over all documents, blah, 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 you know, one of those. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what she did, which will never come to fruition anyway, but she really did commit a felony. So lock her up. Mm, well, it's not going to happen. But, I mean, you know, I mean, we're making fun of it, but I think you, you working in the field, the digital field yourself, you understand just how yeah, it could susceptible. Yeah, it could be a, definitely could be a bit of a problem, I'm sure. Well, well let's, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You you know and I know that her, her her explanation made no sense. She said, well, I didn't want to carry around two devices. I mean, I don't know if she's looked at her cell phone lately, but you could put as many email accounts as you want on there. And I'm sure one of those CIA types from the State Department could have could have done it for her. You know, well, you're savvy enough to have a server set up in your home. You ought to be able to know that. <laughs> Well, that's that was one for the, the elderly people that out. vote, Chad. That was for, like, the people in their 80s and late 70s that never played with this stuff because they'll just take it at face value and go, well, see, that made perfect sense. I mean, she didn't want to carry around two devices. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So um, she solved that problem by setting up a <laughs> server in her house. <laughs> it's what we would all do in that situation, right? All right. Nevertheless, uh, Oklahoma, we had a racist rant from uh, a fraternity. Um, look, what do you make of that stuff? Um, it's sad that this stuff exists, but let's not act shocked by by these kind of things. I mean, racism's out there. Um, you know, I don't know if people expected these things to go away. It'll always exist, Emil, and I've, I'm of this opinion. If you eliminated all of the uh, other nationalities, let's say we're just all white, for example, um, then we would separate ourselves by hair color or eye color. It's just a natural human uh, emotion. And well, we do, do it in it sports. Becomes, you and I have a sports show. People separate themselves by teams. I mean, that's one of the great things about sports. people do, man. It's just... Because slavery was abolished, because there were civil yeah. rights, people think um, racism is going to go away. It's not. And, folks, it's basically competition. And uh, I'm saying my race is better than your race. And that's the way that it goes. You see it in sports all the time, and sometimes it gets ugly. You know, but I think sports is one of the right See, I think it doesn't belong in sports because I think in sports that's the one thing that I think brings people together most of the time. And if you played sports – you know, that's how you meet people usually. But, yeah, my that, point is that there is separation in sports. My Eagles fans hate Cowboy fans. Right, right. Make, I get you. They, they, yeah, they hurl insults at each other, and it's about, you know, my team being better than your team. And then, you know, it's about my race being better than your race. So, um, you I know, never do I'm, that. I mean, neutral. the Eagles suck, but that doesn't mean I don't like them. Oh, you don't like the Eagles, and we'll get into the Eagles' moves later on, whatever they may be. I'm as puzzled as the next one. I kid. Um, Come on, man. Uh, did that fly over uh, your head? I was giving you some it, start. It man. probably did. Like I said, I'm rusty, you know. So you You're rusty. I'm giving you some I threw yeah. up a softball there with my sarcasm. Don't talk any softballs to me, man. I'll be fine. But, um, yeah, so that's one of the issues that we've had going on. Spring football starting up uh, across the country in various places. Uh, position battles going on, teams trying to um, come back strong after maybe some disappointment, um, and, and you've got that going on all across the country. The uh, Florida Spring ball is important. I think, it gets on, I think most fans of, of sports who don't, you know, maybe focus on football once the season ends, you know, maybe they move on to basketball and now baseball. I think they lose sight of spring football is pretty important. I mean, I think a lot of good things or bad things can happen to you in the spring. I don't think a lot – I mean, I don't know that people get into spring football as much as they do now because they're just so overwhelmed with recruiting. Recruiting dominates the off season for college football fans that they uh, can barely focus enough attention on spring football. Well, so, you know, when you say attention, I don't mean like I, – I don't mean you should give a damn much who wins the, the crimson-white game at Alabama, but I think it's important for the team itself – and as a fan, you can you can glean some information about what's going to happen in the fall by seeing who's who's stepping up in the spring, who's who's taking that next step, and you know, and also bad things happen in the sense that you don't want to lose anybody to, in terms of injury for the fall, which can certainly happen. Yeah, well, absolutely, you definitely don't want that. Although it will happen, there's no doubt about that. There'll be injuries uh, at various places that will be key. It just typically. You know, it happens, you know, so that's just a part of the game. But there are some interesting uh, replacements that need to go on. The Oregon Ducks are going to need to find a new quarterback. So will Florida State. 
Ohio State will have, what, 10 guys to choose from when they try and figure out who's going to be the quarterback for their football team coming up in 2015. Yeah. Well, Oregon's Auburn. also got a mascot issue. They have to get a new mascot, too. Uh, and that's big. Always got a. He moved uh, to he moved to Philadelphia. The, the 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 duck is in Philadelphia these days, so they need a new mascot. Listen, I don't understand what's going on. But again, um, in the next segment and subsequent segments of today's show, we will try to analyze the Philadelphia Eagles' moves. The Auburn Tigers have uh, begun uh, spring football. They need to find a replacement for Nick Marshall. Uh, Jeremy Johnson is the odds-on favorite, but there are a couple other guys that. Are uh, going to be taking a what year is Johnson, Alabama? By the way, what what, what year uh, is he? I, be, I believe he is a red shirt sophomore. He is a sophomore, um, so they can get a couple years out of him. And uh, yeah, if well, yeah. if he indeed wins the job, which they say it's his job to lose, I do have a personal interest in this. One of the players from uh, from the team I coach, Sean White, is involved in this quarterback battle, and. Uh, is a very, very talented quarterback, but uh, faces a pretty tall task, unseating Jeremy Johnson, who is, you know, the odds-on favorite. Alabama needs a new quarterback. Blake Sims now gone. Um, and so that part of their spring football will be trying to figure out who will be the next signal. Somehow they always the seem Alabama to find Crimson one. Tide. Uh, they do. Alabama is a place to be. You know, a lot of people want to go there, obviously, because of the success. So, uh, they seem to be able to uh, find what they need, not only at quarterback but various other places. Uh, the school where yeah, five they just, stars they just keep reloading guys in there. I mean, you know, the tailbacks, quarterbacks doesn't seem to matter. Hey, Oregon's quarterback situation is going to be interesting, but uh, I think I am most interested in seeing what goes on with Florida State because Jameis Winston not only was he a good, you know, physically. Um, you know, mentally, those guys there really, really believed in him. So that's huge shoes for the next guy to come in and fill. We got a taste of Florida State without uh, Jameis Winston against Clemson, and it wasn't pretty, which may not be fair to the quarterback that stepped in because he wasn't really groomed for that. But it's going to be interesting to see just how good Florida State is now that Jameis Winston is uh, gone. Well, I think the thing to look at with Florida State is in the last two years that he was there, I, um, I believe they were 27-1, and one, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that is a great record, obviously. You know, you don't, you don't need me to tell you that. But I, I think the thing is, unlike the NFL where all the games tend to be close, in college you expect the really good teams, you know, in a 14-game season to throw out eight or nine blowouts. And, you know, I, I look at last year, and I, you know, when I go down that Florida State schedule, you know, I, I, I say to mm-hmm. myself, he basically won the Oklahoma State game for them. He won the mm-hmm. NC State game for them because they were way behind and came back. Okay. Yes. He won Louisville. the Notre Dame game for them. He won the Louisville game for them. He won the Miami game for them. I mean, where I'm going, he won the Florida game for them. He won yes. the Georgia Tech game for them. I mean, I'm saying that these were all close games. Right. I mean, you know, yes. any other guy, they probably lose a big chunk of those games. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So uh, the the next guy has got a load on his shoulders, and are, is uh, is the team going to get behind this guy the way that they got behind Jameis Winston? So that's going to be very. very I mean, we saw what Oregon did to them, and I know that can happen. But you know, when you're a 12 and one football team and you get knocked out of a playoff, you're not supposed to lose 59-20. I mean, you know, it's one thing if you no, get beat 38-24. No, but there was a great unraveling of things there. You know what I mean? It just. I've oh, been sure. in those type games. We lost uh, our, you know, long-standing Orange Bowl home game win streak in a game like that. 
um, you're facing an opponent, and then one thing just led to another, led to another, led to another, and then, you know, it was a blowout. So I kind of know how those things could happen. I, Oregon, I don't, you know, was not, uh, what they win by, 29 points? They were not 29 points better than Florida State. They just hey, look, uh, let me read you. Let me read day. you the Florida State, okay? They, <laughs> this is funny. Mm. They do play Florida at the end of the year, but they got – they threw in a game in November. They must think they're in the SEC right now. Next year, Florida State, in November, the week before the Florida game, plays Chattanooga. Wow. That Chattanooga has a football team is is just awesome to me. That I know that it's in Tennessee Tennessee. is awesome for me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you know, really. Um, You know, that kind of stuff's going to hurt ACC teams. And when they look at SEC teams and say, hey, you know, they do it, well, you're not in the SEC, man. And the the quicker you guys could learn that, the better off you'd be. Well, what saves Florida Uh, State with their out-of-conference scheduling every year is that they do play Florida as a longstanding rival at the end of the year because mm -hmm. when you look at some of the games they toss on there, they're not even bad, um, you know, FBS schools. I mean, that's all right. If you if you stick in the FBS and you happen to play a bad team, I can live with that. Like they're playing South Florida, second game mm-hmm. of the year. I'm fine with that. You know, South Florida they've produced NFL talent. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But they open mm-hmm. the year with Texas State, and then they have Chattanooga on the schedule. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, you know, it might be appropriate for them this year, given that they've lost their Messiah to probably have something like that. However, they could run the table on that thing. And if anyone else is undefeated, they're going to be um, crying with blues. Well, Chad, no here's what's that. interesting for them. Their schedule, and, and I, I don't know what Boston College has coming back, because obviously I'm, not, I'm going to admit to the audience, I'm not really up on Boston College's roster right now. But mm-hmm. I was at that USC-Boston College game up there last year, and right. you know when they took and they play well at home. Third game of the year, they've got a road trip, same situation, same time of the year, up to Boston College. Uh, it could be raining, could be a little colder. Who, who you know. gave them a who gave them a stiff game this year? That's in, right. In gave Dallas. them a well coached team, tough at home. Have been tough at home over the years traditionally. Played Miami tough back in the 2001 season, where Miami had arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college teams ever. Um, had, mm-hmm. Needed an Ed Reed interception to ice that game. That's a tough place. Third game of the year with a new quarterback. Keep an eye on that game. I, mean, I don't know what Boston College has. But keep an eye on that. Game. Well, they always got something that we don't can't get all excited about, but somehow they're in the game with you in the middle to late fourth quarter. It's one of those annoying type teams. But they got a number of things. They got they're lucky this year about. talking of new quarterbacks because early on after that game they got some big games at home with Miami and Louisville, so they get to stay home, hopefully build a resume up because the end of the year they have road trips to Clemson and Florida in two of their last four games. So I'm going to be I'm like you. That's that's something I'm very curious to see how it plays out there with him leaving. Yeah, absolutely on that. All right, well, it's uh, time to turn our attention to the NFL. When we get back, what in the hell is Chip Kelly doing in Philadelphia? That and more when we return on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Seventeen on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. It's NFL free agency time. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. These are not your dad's Philadelphia Eagles. Hell, Emil, it's not even your, uh, you know, younger cousin's Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anything anyone in Philadelphia recognizes or realizes. So let's just jump into this thing right away. And you know, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles. If nothing else. If nothing else, they have succeeded in dominating the offseason talk about their football team. So they've gained some publicity if you need such a thing when you're an NFL is, franchise. Is, is that ever a good thing, though? I mean, in his, if history has shown us anything in the last decade of free agency, is that usually if you're dominating March, April, before the draft, most of the time it doesn't end well. Not all the time, but most of the time. Oh, well, yeah. And, 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 you know, they're smart free agent moves. And then there are uh, other moves that are not quite so smart. So where do we start with the Philadelphia Well, let's start. Eagles? Wait, let, let's start at the beginning. We'll get to yesterday, which I know people who follow the show know I'm a Cowboys fan, so they think I want to go off on that. But I don't because first I want to start at the beginning because I myself am trying to put aside my fandom and trying to take a step back and seeing if I understand what it is he's trying to do because, you know – no one knows, Emil. No one knows. He does somewhere, but anyway, they I start off that. free. They well, they let's let's go. They start off free agency. Okay, the Eagles have had a very good offensive line. I'd probably say second best in the league behind the Cowboys last year when it was healthy um, mm-hmm. for a while. But they've had some older players. First thing he does is he you know. Doesn't sign, resign. I forget. He cut. I think he cut Todd Harriman's, one of their very good starting guards, as far as I can see. Pushed my Cowboys yeah, around. He's now an Indianapolis Colt. He's uh, now an Indianapolis Colt offensive lineman. Yes. Right. So, so you know, maybe you think, okay, this guy's got something where he's going offensive line. Okay, he get, gets rid of Harriman's. Um, he's got a couple other linemen that are older right now that are good. Peters is thirty three, and uh, Mathis is thirty three. We'll get to that later. 
both good players still, but we, I mean, I've been around as a fan of the Cowboys knowing how offensive lines can disintegrate as guys mm-hmm. start to get in their 30s because even if they keep their ability, they tend to get nicked up more and stay on the sidelines. So, okay, mm-hmm. let's put that aside. That would be an area I would be looking at because I'm a big believer in offensive and defensive lines really being the foundation of, of winning in the NFL and college, big-time college football. Okay, he goes out, he says, I'm going to get rid of LaShawn McCoy. Okay, now for the record, I looked all this up to make sure. McCoy makes was going to make about $11 million with bonuses and everything this year. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think you would agree with me, over the last three or four years, you'd have to say one of the three or four best backs in the NFL. Would you agree with yes. that? Yes. Over- Absolutely. I mean, no you're sitting there, you're saying, you know, if you gave me a quick list, I'm saying Adrian Peterson, um, heads and tails above everybody else. Uh, I'm looking, I'm saying Jamal Charles, excellent. And then right mm-hmm. to the forefront of my mind comes LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Guy is yeah, 20. I mean, you you, you got to have Marshawn Lynch in there, obviously. but Marshawn um, Lynch, I'm sorry. Yeah, Marshawn yeah. Lynch. So yeah, I said four or five. He's in that discussion, okay? He is. No He's doubt about it. He's 26 years old. He's going to be 27. He's five months younger than DeMarco Murray. Um, we'll get to him later because we know what happened yesterday. He's had 1,400 NFL carries. Murray's had 980. So basically, we're not talking about a ton of a ton of extra mileage. He's averaged almost five yards a carry for his career. Fine. Yeah. You um, him let's, out. let's just throw this in there. Production was off a bit last well, year. Well, and I studied last year – Production was off. The guy ran for over 1,300 yards, and at the beginning of the year is where his production was off, and that was when the Eagles' offensive line was decimated. If you go back and look at some of the – they had mm-hmm. two and three starters out of many games the first seven to eight games of the year. Okay, mm-hmm. They got healthy the second half of the year. I saw him go off on Thanksgiving for 170 yards against my Cowboys. I'm happy to not see him twice a year, okay? Right. He's okay. in Buffalo. They get a guy back, uh, Kiki Alonzo. I don't know the player. I went up and looked him up first year out of Oregon, had a very nice year, 150 tackles, according to ESPN. I don't know what the coaches credited him with. Looks like a solid, fast inside linebacker. Tore his ACL. So not that that's career-ending, but the guy's coming off an ACL. We don't know what he's going to look like this year. Most guys recover. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Some guys take a second year away from the injury. We'll see. Or get another injury, which you know because you you guys have a linebacker over there in Dallas who suffered through. Uh, uh, understood, you know, in, but I'm not going to call injury a guy injury prone yet in his second year. I'm going to say that he had a freak ACL injury, and I'm not even going to say that the return on uh, if if his if his goal was to say, listen, I don't value running back that much. I think I can win with anybody because of my scheme and my line. I may even understand the move saying, I want to free some space up. I've got to fix my mm-hmm. secondary, okay? Mm-hmm. I've got to fix my line in that I've got to get a little younger because I see all of them aging at the same time. I would understand that. He immediately right. replaces him with Frank Gore. Now, Frank Gore is 32 years old, had a lot of carries. I think Frank Gore can still be a productive 1,000-yard type back who will move the chains for you on the third and one, third and two, when you really mm-hmm. need the chains moved. I don't think Frank mm-hmm. Gore is going off for any more 1,600-yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore, for some reason, starts talking to Andre Johnson, or I don't know the whole deal, but he reconsiders and says, hey, whoa, put the brakes on this. I'm right. pulling out, I'm going to, and I'm going to go play for 
the Colts with Andre Johnson, which we'll get to them later because in the second mm-hmm. segment of free agency, I think there are some nice di- other moves we can talk about. This is mainly the Eagles, which did the most. Okay, now they come in, they re- so they say, okay, Gore's gone. They bring in Ryan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Matthews, I don't know what you're feeling. Nice back. I mean, gets hurt a lot. I have liked. Look, I really liked Matthews coming out of. I know uh, you did. College. Yeah. I, I really did like him. I thought he would do good things in the NFL. Thought he was great for San Diego. Uh, just the injury bug um, kept biting again. He runs a little straight yeah. up and actually reminds me in his running style. Maybe I'm wrong, but he reminds me a little bit of a DeMarco Murray. He He's a big target when he runs. He runs straight up. Mm-hmm. Seems mm-hmm. to take a lot of hits as far as I'm concerned. Not a bad now, wait, back. There was some speculation as to whether or not he had signed. Uh, he had held off. My understanding is he has. He did sign. He, uh, my understanding is he's he signed, and his statement was, "How could you not want to play in a downhill offense like Chip Kelly's, and that you need two running backs?" So we'll get to that. But I I understand he's well, part there. Part of his injuries, concussions. And there's a lot of better places Ryan Matthews could have gone to, and you know than Philadelphia. So well, let's talk numbers him, now because the thought. NFL is not college. You you can't just recruit 26 guys for a position. He signed for three years, 11 and a half million. We're not going to try to figure out. Each year's impact. He's probably, you know, he's only 27, so the chances are he plays out the contract unless he stinks. He's making 3.8 million on average a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Next, the Eagles go out. They pick up Byron Maxwell from the Seahawks. Maxwell's a corner. Totally, totally overpaid. Right, right. Totally he's a corner, and, and I think we can you can agree the Eagles' defensive backs needed work last year, but atrocious. I, You're being very kind. They would de- well, here's what's funny. They swap terrible defense. They sw- they swap defensive backs because they cut Kerry Williams, who ends up in Seattle replacing Maxwell. Maxwell ends up in Philly on a six-year, sixty-three million dollar contract. They're, they're paying ten and a half million dollars a year to the fourth best member of the Seattle Seahawks secondary. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's. I'll, What's it going to be like when, uh, you know, Kerry Williams, who was not very good in Philadelphia last year, goes over to Seattle and, and does some really good things? What's that going to feel well, like? And he probably will because here's why. It's not that Kerry Williams got any better, but he's going to be in a situation where on the other side will be Richard Sherman and standing behind him will be Earl Thomas and Kim Chancellor. So my guess is Williams will look better in Seattle, and, and I think Pete Carroll – being a defensive mastermind, will put him in positions where he can succeed with his game. But anyway, let's go back to Maxwell. Let's you just stop the, you. Okay, a, a $10 million a year for a guy who in four NFL seasons has a total of six interceptions. Exactly. And let's not forget, there's been two contracts of corners within the NFC East that you think would be held out to the Eagles, one of their own and one of the Cowboys, as history. The Eagles, four or five years ago, and you're going to help me with his last name. I never say it right. Outbid Jerry Jones, saving Jerry from himself, and gave Namandi. Now, what's his last name? Namdi Asamoah. Asamoah. There you go. They gave him over ten million dollars a year. Outbid the Cowboys. And at the time, mm-hmm. you said to me, or I said, to, I forgot how we were having a conversation. But the, basically, what I took away from our talk was they just saved Jerry Jones from himself, and and he went right. there and he struggled. Where he only played, I think, a year or two in Philly, and they cut him, and he's out of the league now at this point. The Cowboys come along three years ago and give Brandon Carr, a solid player in Kansas City, not great. 
They give him five mm. years and fifty million. Now he's been in yeah. Dallas three years playing average football, and they're sitting there figuring out how to restructure his contract. And here the Eagles do basically the same thing because I I equate Maxwell to a Brandon Carr, a solid player, yeah. but not worth ten million dollars a year. Well, let's let's because we're we're running out of time here. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of 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 the move. Okay, that, let's fast you know, forward to yesterday. Thing. You want to go to yesterday? So the Eagles. Well, yeah. Have... Well, before we even get into that, okay, they re-signed Mark Sanchez. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, then they bring in Sam Bradford, who's well. Really wait, they trade. Now let's talk the trade quick. They send yes. Nick Foles and a fourth round pick with a conditional with a second rounder next year. So they send Foles a fourth this year and a second the following year. What are you doing? To the Rams for Sam Bradford and a fifth round what pick. Now, see, what did he see in Sam Bradford that would make cause him to make such a move? Yeah, on the heels of re-signing Mark Sanchez. How much money did they have tied up in the quarterback situation? Well, Bradford was the reason the Rams were looking to dump Bradford is he they were going to pay him 13 million this year in salary. He'll be getting that from the Eagles now. He did not renegotiate his deal. They wanted a nice cheap option in Foles and they probably look at the situation and say, "You know what? Is Nick Foles at this point any worse than Sam Bradford? He's played more NFL football than Sam Bradford." So, here here's Bradford who in the last six seasons of football he's played, 2009 through 2014, six seasons, Mm. has missed three of them due to season-ending injury, 2009 Mm. at Oklahoma, and Mm. twice with the Rams tearing the same ACL, and he's your quarterback. And if he goes down, you've got butt-fumble Sanchez behind him. Well, you know, (laughs) Sanchez was not that bad as an Eagle, not butt-fumble-ish. No, he was not bad. This guy... I'm sure the contract is, you know, kind of weighty, and and then you're bringing in Sam. I'm on one leg, Bradford. What I don't understand. What you accepted Bradford's doing. rookie contract, which was before they started doing the slotting. So, like I said, he's he's making 13 million this year. Okay, so yeah, now you a got mega him. Contract. That tells you got me a you're mega not contract. In Marcus he's, he's, Mariota, right? You're not bringing in Mariota. Well, they could Can never. You, if you if would, you look at where Mariota's at, Chad, from going from if you, just t- take a look at what the Redskins paid to go from number six to number two to get RG three. At the time, you and I even said we we said the Rams got the better of that trade, and that was before RG three's great rookie season. He they paid two number ones and a number two to go from six to two. The Eagles are at twenty. Mari, Mariota's going somewhere between five and seven. So. To go from 20 to Which, 50. Uh, by the way, the Washington Redskins said they uh, would not pass up on Marcus. What's with the NFC East? What's wrong with them? Do they understand how the whole uh, roster building thing works? Or what, Wait a second now. Wait a second. My team's going to get an exemption soon because we've actually somehow in the last couple of years gotten smart. Somebody took a smart pill in Dallas. But anyway, um, the the Eagles. Okay, so the whole Sam Bradford thing, we just figured out. Yeah, Mariota. Mariota would would cost them probably two first rounders. They, they'd have to get four or five picks. They're not getting okay, him. Okay, so but, they're but playing. The time out here. Time out here. You bring in. So you've got a whole. You've got two big question marks at your most important position, which is quarterback. Sam Bradford. Uh, you just detailed his 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 injuries. Um, and and Mark Sanchez. Everyone knows about his inefficiency so far as an NFL quarterback. You compounded the problem by allowing Jeremy Macklin to leave and go to Kansas City. So who are these two? And listen, you can argue. People, if you want to talk to. about an overpay, let's stay on Macklin one second, okay? Because there's Eagle fans that said, well, Kansas City gave him 5 and $55 million. It's an overpay. 
it may be a slight overpay, but if you look at what top NFL receivers get, um, you know, Calvin Johnson's got his huge deal, the one that Des Bryant craves. Des Bryant and the is top probably, receiver is what Macklin will be in Kansas City, by the way. Well, and well, I'm saying if you look at the top four or five, the best in the league, um, you know, mm-hmm. Johnson's probably averaging 15 million a year. Bryant's mm-hmm. playing on a franchise tag of 12 million, 12.3 million, and frankly, when they get a long-term deal done with him, which they will, because they can tag him the next two years, he's going to mm-hmm. be making 13 or 14 million. So even if you say Macklin is in the second tier. He's not quite elite, but he's a he's a 1A. He's worth 9 or 10 million a year. So while Kansas City paid slightly over market, I would have rather seen the Eagles if I'm a, if I'm an Eagle fan, re-sign Macklin at 11 million a year than give that money to an average corner who just happened to be the best on the market, which is where you get in trouble in free agency. They paid that 10, stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, they paid ten million because Maxwell was the best available corner. It doesn't mean he's a ten million dollar a year player. No, and I thought Macklin did a fine job of filling in for uh, the departed Deshaun Jackson. I thought he did a really good. I job thought he did a that. great job, and and here's where I get you. You can put on your X and O hat. I'm gonna lean on you here. Okay, now mm-hmm. let's fast forward to yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have Darren Sproles on the roster. He's 32 years old. He's a scat back. He's a guy that does a lot of things. He makes 4.1 million. Might be a million. better Ryan Matthews right now, but whatever. Might be. He makes 4.1 million. Ryan Matthews is making 3.8 million on average. That takes us to 8 million dollars a year invested in running backs. Before we even talk about the fullback and Chris Polk, who probably play on near league minimums. Okay. DeMarco Murray is not getting the money that he thought the Cowboys should give him. Last offer I heard the Cowboys gave him was a deal that averaged about $6 million a year. The guaranteed money was only in the vicinity of $10 bucks. Probably what the market is for running backs right now, frankly. He was getting only feeders, you know, other offers from uh, Jacksonville and Oakland. He doesn't want to play on four-win teams. Murray's a smart guy. He's a good guy. Okay, he's mm-hmm. smart enough to understand that Oakland offered him, I heard, $8 million a year. But why do I want to go play there for a year or two, get killed? and be out of mm-hmm. football. So mm-hmm. he wants to play on a winning team. He picks up the phone and calls Chip Kelly. Somehow, Kelly takes the cheese. <laughs> okay. Murray wants to stick it to the Cowboys, even if he doesn't say that. He was a class act leaving, but he's mad that they didn't just capitulate like the old Cowboys, Jerry Jones run Cowboys. Stephen Jones is now in charge there. He knows what the market is. said, no, we're not giving you $8 million a year. Chip Kelly said, good, we'll stick it to the Cowboys, and I can have a great running back. Gives DeMarco Murray five years, $42 million with $21 million guaranteed. Now you've got $16 million invested in three running backs. You've got a quarterback position that's shaky at best and nothing on the outside because, to me, Jordan Matthews from Vanderbilt is a nice possession receiver he is not a guy that's scaring me so i don't know no no one to stretch uh the defense so i don't know chip kelly maybe he's you know suffering from some type of brain damage or he just doesn't care knowing i'm gonna am i looking at it wrong though you're you're a defensive guy no not at all if you're sitting there playing the eagles no if you're sitting there playing the eagles right now right essentially I'm saying, you know what, Sam Bradford, you have nothing out there on the outside. I'm I'm going to slide my safety down and make you show me that you can beat me with Jordan Matthews and Riley Cooper. 
I'm I'm putting it's going I'm to take them twelve plays to get in the end zone. Every well, I'm draft. crowding the box. I mean, I'm crowding the box. And I'm saying, hey, Murray, you want to run at eight man fronts all day? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, certainly not something you were looking at when uh, you were. Um, well, you can't do you that know, in Dallas. Dallas. You got Cowboys. Jason yeah. Witten. You got Terrence Williams. You got Des Bryant. I mean, you, what the hell in 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 Dallas? If you put an eight man front up there, Des Bryant's going to go off on you. Somewhere Deshaun Jackson is smiling and saying, I got the hell out of there at the right time. And it looks like I wasn't the problem in Philly. It looks like this wild man that they brought in from college. Well, Evan Matthews, is, uh, is by the, the way, Evan Matthews, the Pro Bowl guard, who is 33 mm-hmm. years old, by the way, but still was a good player last year, made the Pro Bowl. He's mm-hmm. on the trading block, according to several sources, you know, not just, you know, one or two. I mean, they, basically, he's out there, and they're saying that it's, he could be close to being traded. So I have no idea. Um, neither neither do most Eagle fans, unfortunately. Nobody really understands uh, what's going on there. I think I think it's you know maybe he has a plan and we're just they not need far to enough. Take the control away from him. Take the controller out of his hand. He's doing something evil over there. I don't understand it. No one understands it. And I think it boils down to you gave too much control to a guy who's very young in the National Football League. Ten and six, were... Chad. They were a ten and six team last year. A ten and six team the year before. Most people understand that when you have a 10-6 and six team in the NFL, you just need to start looking at how do I tinker with it to get it to 12-4, and four, not how do I blow it up. I mean, you know, if, if I'm an Eagle guy right now, I'm saying, well, man, my secondary needed work. Maybe I needed some help at linebacker. But the offense wasn't the issue. I mean, it wasn't as if you could sit there and say, well, man, the Eagles just couldn't score enough points. They scored 27 points a game. Was the offense yeah, really the a- issue? <laughs> He's a mad scientist right now. Well, uh, we're going to head out to a break. But what has been the best single free agent move so far this offseason? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Dominic Kong Su, uh, signed by the Miami Dolphins, 
$114 million contract, $60 million of it guaranteed. Um, not saying the guy's not a good player. Not saying he won't come here and be a good player. Not saying the Miami Dolphins defensive line is not going to be held to deal with this year. But this kind of signing only makes sense when you are a player away. And any you know, sensible Dolphin fan will tell you they are a hell of a lot more than just one player away. You need a wide receiver. You need help in the secondary. We're not even sure about cornerback. I mean, about the quarterback position. Do you have what you need, a franchise running back? There's a lot of things that the Miami Dolphins need. And as a result of signing Sue to this huge, monstrous contract, they're not going to be able to get uh, – the other positions that they need. So I don't understand. Well, yeah, they're going to sack people and pressure people, but how are you scoring this year? Who are you throwing the ball to? And what are you going to do offensively? And do you have what you need in the secondary? I, and I, you know, I, don't, going to, I want to see how they're going to you know, fix Well, let's look at the last they time they dipped into free agency to this, you know, this sort of order, a big name. They got Mike Wallace. How'd that work out? Didn't. Still right. trying to get it figured and fixed. Um Here's what I, I think people I forget. Like Can I explain something that I think, you know, some fans, we have a pretty good fan base, so they probably don't need explaining, but let me say it in case anybody does. Just because you got a guy like Sue, who probably, for all intents and purposes, is the most dominant defensive tackle in the NFL, mm-hmm. that money you've committed, this isn't, again, it isn't college football. You can't just get 10 of these guys like Alabama or, or or Florida or USC. You have yeah, not to, if you plan on paying them like this. Well, yeah. you have to allocate resources. So you've got you know sixty million guaranteed dollars tied up in this guy, meaning that his cap number is probably coming in eighteen twenty million a year somewhere in there. That means there's other positions on this team where you're either going to lose guys who you develop because you won't have the cap space to sign them, or you're not going to be able to plug a hole you know, with a medium price free agent when you need to. You're going to be going with young guys. It just it's typically it's not a smart way to run your football team. I mean I love The Sue Dolphins on, have struggled with roster moves, whether it's been the draft or it's in free agency, they just have not been able to make the right moves. And then people down here can say, Oh, you're just being critical and everyone always wants to get on the Dolphins man. Well the proof is in the pudding because at the end of Every regular season, they're 8-8, eight and eight, and it stems from the front office moves that are being made, and this could be an example of it. Yeah, they'll have a very good defensive line this year. They'll struggle to score points, and they'll still lose games. So instead of uh, losing 27-20, to 20, they'll lose 20-13 to 13 this year. I don't know that. Yes, you got a good play. I don't know that you overall improved your football team with the signing of you know, well, and let me say, let, let, instead of just picking on, we, you know, we've hammered the Dolphins a little here, or we've hammered the Eagles. Let's talk about what I see, and maybe you disagree, some moves that make sense to me or, or things I like to see. You mm-hmm. you know, we've both held out certain franchises during the last decade, especially with free agency, as teams really learned how to work it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've, these teams have just gotten, in, in the last decade, so good at handling it. And New England, okay? Everybody's going to fret. Oh, New England let Revis and Browner go. They let their two corners go. You want to know what? They're still winning 11 or 12 games next year. They know that. You See, know those that. Those type of signings make sense last year for New England Patriots. You got a franchise all-time great future Hall of Famer at at quarterback. You have the uh, arguably, you know, the best tight end in the league and you had the pieces that you needed and a championship attitude. So you can sign it. And, wait, and how did you get them? You got them relatively cheap. You got them on 
for 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 the player Revis is, okay? He wanted out of Tampa. You got him on a prove it contract with an option. You knew all along the Patriots were never picking up. The Patriots don't run their football team that way. They were never they, they picking never up. Have. A, they were they never, never picking have. up a twenty million dollar option. When you can do option. stuff like part with a Willie McGinnis, um, you have to know they're not going to get all emotional about a Darrell Revis who was there for a year. They're no, they picked, they they were never picking up the twenty million bucks. Okay, and with Browner, they got him on the cheap, coming off his deal in Seattle, where where he was suspended. They both played well, but the Patriots understood these guys were playing for a contract. Now they're going to pass these guys off, okay? And as much as I know you like Darrell Revis, and how can you not, okay? One of the two best not corners. Not at $20 million. No, but New England one, I'm no. saying one of the two best corners in the league, okay, with Richard Sherman, but he's 30 years old now. He says mm-hmm. New York was calling him home. no. Darrell, $70 million was calling you home, okay? And and you know what? Who could begrudge the guy? He got you his can't, ring. He's a mercenary now. Someone wants to pay me $70 million for five years with a truckload of money up front, and it just happens to be a city and a town and where I probably still have a, you know an apartment and I'm familiar with things. Why the hell not? Do you know who and the best interview chat in professional sports is? my boy from is. Arizona over with me. So I'm yeah, but, have but my do you know who the, the best side. interview in professional sports is right now? And this is why these guys like Revis crack me up when they say it was home. The best interview, even though he's it's boring. It's not Marshawn Lynch? No. Well, if you want to be entertained, but the most honest is Zach Greinke, the pitcher from the Dodgers. When he signed a few years ago with the Dodgers for six years and $145 million, they said, was it the history, the tradition? He, the weather in L.A. He said, all that stuff's great, but they paid me a ton of money. That was it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, let's stop dicking around. It is what it is. So Darrell Revis chased the money. Here's a guy who's torn his ACL and uh, was forced to think, hey, am I going to be able to come back in his career? So you know what? I've already faced that question. I've got a ring on my finger, $70 million. I don't know how much he got up, uh, you know, guaranteed, 20-something, I think, $22 million, $23 million. Why the hell not, man? I'm going back to New York, and how much pressure is there there? I don't know. Not a whole bunch in there. But I love, I love, love, love what the Patriots did. They won a Super Bowl. They still have Brady in place. They said, okay, let's let. We need one guy. We got to resign. They wanted McCourty back. He's their guy. They drafted him. Very good safety. They paid him well. They let Revis, and, and by the way, kudos to McCourty, because I know people will say, well, oh, kudos, he took $40 million bucks. He could have gotten more, okay? He knew he was happy and comfortable where he was. He stayed in New England. They let the two mercenaries who won them a Super Bowl last year go. They'll fill in with guys on the roster. They'll draft some guys. They'll find, find mm-hmm. a few guys cheap in free agency. That's how New England does business. They, do, they always do a good job. Yeah, they're probably really good at fantasy football over there. Speaking of a guy happy um, and re-signing with his team, Randall Cobb uh, for the Green Bay Packers, another team that gets it with roster moves and managing their roster, uh, gets to keep this guy, and he buys into it. You know, he probably could have fed some more money. He could have. He had more money on the table. Here's another guy that really understands, listen, I'm playing with Aaron Rodgers. I'm playing with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um you know, no doubt I, he's confident in his own ability, but he says, hey, it doesn't hurt when a guy makes me look good and puts the ball where I need it. He stays. Good for him. Smart move as far as I'm concerned. Um, I have no problem with what the Packers paid. They kept one of their own. And let's face it, in today's league, we've talked about this on the show, receiver is a premium position. 
It's right, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's right behind quarterback. It's a premium mm-hmm. position because it's a throwing league. I mean, that's just the way mm-hmm. it is. Right? Of local interest, yeah, it is. And of local interest, the guys on here, what do you make of the signings uh, by the uh, Indianapolis Colts of, of, of uh, Frank Gore and Andre Johnson? Uh, I like what the Colts – I was going to highlight them as another team where I, I kind of like what they've done. I mean, I, I, I don't think – I, I, I don't know if we, I said the this off air. solution at both of those positions, we can agree on that because these guys are at the tail end of their career. But they, they still have something – to uh to give and to add, there's still a couple of good years. Well, Gore is not a 1500 yard back, but I'll tell you what he is. He's a guy that could, could is going to move chains for them. I think on right. those third Probably and one close out games when you get a lead with your big right. quarterback. But on third and one and third and two, where you'd be watching Colts games last year and see Andrew Luck in the shotgun, thinking, "What the hell are they doing?" I think they feel more confident to turn around and hand it to a power back like a Frank Gore and say, "You know what." He can still get me that one or two that I need to move those chains. And I think Johnson, opposite T.Y. Hilton, doesn't have to be the player he was when he was 25. He's whatever, 32, 33 now. He can be a guy that, you know, moves the chains for you, a big body, um, professional, good player. I, I think they're good moves, and I like them Were bringing in. Were you surprised tri- the Texans made the move and cut Andre Johnson? You surprised by that? No, because Bill O'Brien is from the, the, the Patriots school thinking. No. Mm-hmm. No, he where did he coach like, before? Yeah, yeah. You, no. you you felt like the you you know he was overpriced for for Houston at this point. A at guy very point, comfortable in your system in this town who is still productive, um, and and you know certainly a good guy to have alongside of Hopkins, who's on the other side looked like he was coming around. You feel like he would have been uh, too high. He would have come at too high a price for the Texans. Yes, and I think where you I think where you get yourself in trouble in free agency, and you said it early in the show, is when you attach too much emotion. I understand faces of franchises, and I understand every franchise has to have one. But when you start attaching too much emotional, it's almost like you said yesterday to me, stock trading. In other words, mm-hmm. there's a value I've assigned to this player like a stock. When it exceeds that value to me, I've got to be willing to walk away I can't get emotional and say, well, he's been here 10 years, because if I do that, I get myself in trouble. What about the San Francisco 49ers, and what are they doing? What's going on with their team? You had two players prematurely, um, in the minds of most, prematurely retire. Um, You lose a guy like Ayupati at guard. Um, what, 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 what's going on with San Francisco? Well, I think Ayupati, I, I'll kick this coverage on his contract as well. I think Arizona way overpaid for him. He's a, a, a great run blocker, typically struggles in pass protection um, a little bit for his size, and getting $8 million, $9 million bucks a year, I think that's crazy. I don't blame them letting him walk, but I think they're in a rebuild at this point. I mean, you lose the heart and soul of the defense, Will, as he retires. Justin Smith right behind him as the heart and soul, a really underrated, just strong, great 3-4 alignment. He retires. Um, so, you know, I think they're in a little bit of that transitional phase with Seattle and their division in Arizona. They're probably, you know, looking at a rebuild a little bit or a retooling, well, I should do say. Something, let's, let's do something for our listeners. Um, you're very good with all of this free agency stuff and the, and the terminology and what it means. So, Explain to the fans that are listening to our show right now exactly what, uh, when you say a player's been franchised, exactly what that means, because a lot of fans don't understand that. Well, there's certain tags the owners put in when they did this, saying, hey, if you don't want to lose a guy, you can, you can apply a franchise tag a couple of years in a row. And a franchise tag says, 
for another team to sign that player, number one, they've got to surrender two first-round picks on top of giving him, giving him that contract, which basically makes it cost prohibitive. Only an, a, a complete whack job is giving away two first-round picks and a huge contract to a player. Washington <laughs> Redskins, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, other than them, right. So then you franchise him, and what it says for the players' protection is you are going to get the average of the top five salaries at your position in the league last year. So it's a cost-prohibitive thing. I mean, players scoff at the franchise saying, oh, you know, we want a long-term deal, we want security. The only thing you've got in the NFL that's secure is the guaranteed money that's given to you. Well, when you're franchised, like give you an example, we talked to Des Bryant before. He's making $12.3 million this year, guaranteed. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, you know, he, he says, oh, I want a long-term contract. Let's say he got a five-year deal for $90 bucks with a $15 million signing bonus. The chances are the first-year salary in that deal is going to be a million bucks to lower the salary cap hit. So he's not right. that far behind of what he would have got in his pocket anyway. Well, it's, it's not a good guy, three million dollars is not a big deal. And, you know. Well, what I'm saying is it's not a good. Teams don't want to use the franchise because because it's a it's a twelve million dollar salary cap hit. If they can negotiate mm-hmm. a deal with him, mm-hmm. they can they can maneuver those numbers as we've talked about on the show between signing bonus and and all the fancy you know accounting they do, and they can lower the salary cap hit. Teams can a don't player be use... franchised? Can a player be franchised? as Des Bryant has uh, been franchised, and then turn around and come to uh, an agreement on a long-term deal that's yes. removing the he franchise Yes, he has tax? until Can July 15th. The team and him uh-huh. have till July 15th to work out a long-term contract. If they do not, then he will play this year under the franchise, and he can be franchised twice. Can they take twice. the franchise tag then? Can they take the franchise tag then if they work out a long-term deal with Des Bryant and go and place it on another player? Not this year, no. This year. They cannot. Once no. they declare a guy, that's it. You've used your tag. Yep. And then next year they can use it again on the same player twice, two years in a row. You know, so, so if you're Des okay, Bryant so and you get franchised two years in a row, basically you're going to get a two-year contract that paid you probably in the yeah, end $26 million yeah, bucks. That's not too bad. No, no, it's not. But you always hear players, uh, as you said, scoffing at it because they want the long-term deal. Uh, but when explained that way, it's not – it's not the worst thing in the world. So, and then there's a transition got, tag, which hasn't been used a lot this year, uh, where you can. The, uh, good, explain that because uh, the the Dolphins have used that on tight end Charles Clay. So, what exactly is transition, the transition tag? Tag, at least the last time I've studied this, is you pay a first and a third if you sign a guy on a. Tra- I think it's a first and a third if you sign a guy mm-hmm. in a transition, and the other team has the right uh, to match the. In other words, whatever contract you construct, the other mm-hmm. team has the right to match it and retain the player. What usually happens is when teams do, like years ago, if you remember the guard, Steve Hutchinson went from, I believe, the Vikings to the Seahawks. The Seahawks put a poison pill in there, and the way they they constructed the contract was in such a way they knew the Vikings could never match it and fit it under their salary cap at the time. So a lot of times when teams try to steal, you know, poach a player who's transition, they'll put together a contract knowing the other team's salary cap situation pretty well where they just can't fit it under there. See, that's, that's kind of like the, the last time you remember a player getting the franchise tag and still being signed by another team. Thus I don't up. I don't recall. I mean, I mean, it may have happened, but fran- the franchise tag is just a huge penalty. As you know, you and I have talked about how important the draft is on this show. Mm-hmm. The first-round picks, if you give away two first-round – think about this. I want to sign Chad Wilson. 
I, I have to pay you, let's say the going market of your position is five years, $90 million. I hand over five years, $90 million, and a $20 million signing bonus in there, and I give away two first-round picks. Think about where I am in terms of my franchise. I've got a huge yeah, contract. You're, you're so, flat, yeah, you're flattening yourself. You can't even help yourself anywhere else after signing someone to a uh, you know, pretty No, I mean, it's, it's designed to make it that only an idiot would, would try to take a franchise player. There will be an idiot one day. Um, some guys that are out there just floating in the wind, when I look at this, Tremont Williams, who's a pretty good cornerback for the Green Bay Packers, not an elite quarterback, but certainly serviceable. The fact that some of these other teams hopped over him, um, Eagles being one of them with Byron Maxwell, um, to to sign Maxwell to that kind of contract when you could have gotten a guy like a Tremont Williams. Well, how about um, the other guy they took off Green Bay, mind. speaking of Williams? How does De- a house, he was their other corner, how does he end up getting a pretty good deal down in Jacksonville over this guy? Because it's Jacksonville, and they're married to... I mean, uh, am I wrong? Am I, I mean, I don't know Green Bay's roster like I know my own teams, but I watch enough games, as most people know, that, I mean, am I wrong? Is Williams not the better player of those two, or no? I, I would think so. I would think so. You know what? Just me as a general principle, if I'm in the league and I've been watching the way that the Packers are operating, and you should want to watch teams that are very good at managing their roster, when the Green Bay Packers are not eager to re-sign a player that they drafted or acquired as a rookie free agent, that's a really strong message. Because, you know, they really go out of their way to retain those type players that they've developed. And if they have one and they're not really trying to re-sign them, I'm going to be a little leery of of, uh, of trying to pick that player up. So maybe that's what's going on there with Tremont Williams. I don't know. Maybe I'm well, giving people there's two, too Well, it depends what you're saying. If you could sign a guy for the right price, see, that's mm-hmm. the key. I mean, it's one thing. But who signs anyone for the right price? And that's not what free agency is about. It's all about Black Friday. And no, but the money the money the dries up in the next couple of weeks. The team's willing to throw it away. They've thrown it away, and then and the smart shoppers come in next week and the week after. You watch a guy like him. Somebody will sign him to a very affordable deal. There's two teams that stick out to me. I mean, besides Hammer and the Eagles, I mean, mm-hmm. I really don't like what the Jets did. The Jets were a horrible team last year. Okay, horrible. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get any Why better. Why did they pile that money up in two cornerbacks? Yeah, they're not going to fix their team until they fix their quarterback situation, okay? They bring in Brandon Marshall, who may be able to help a quarterback. I don't have a problem necessarily there. Even, you know, he's still a, a, a good NFL receiver and could help a quarterback. Why are you bringing in Darrell Revis at five years and $70 million? Antonio Cromartie's 30 years old, a good player, a nose for the ball, no doubt. He has, mm-hmm. I think, 40 career picks. But he's 30 years old. You're paying him four years and $32 million. Because it makes a splash, and you live in New York, and you have that pressure, um, and so this looks good. It's really not even about me. for you on the football field? No idea. If your quarterback's still throwing it to the other team, I don't care who your corners are. Uh, Although, man, I think Geno Smith's going to play better with with Rex out of town. I really do. I I do, too, but I don't think they're that close. In other words, they won four games. Does it make them a seven-win team? Maybe. But is it worth and having is that, that money? Get him anything in this league? No, not and at does all. It, and and you have that money tied up, Chad. You can't improve your team down the line because the the following year, when a twenty six year old free agent hits the market, that may be worth, you know, perhaps can't do anything situ- about it. Can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. Michael Crabtree's out there floating around. Somebody pick him up, uh, and uh, you know. We'll see what 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 happens there, but it's probably the best of what's left. Dwayne Bow got cut 
from uh, Kansas City. No I heard uh, was Kaepernick is available if you want. I'm serious. If you want to trade, I heard that. I don't know how true that is. I've read that on several fronts that uh, they've floated him out there. They deny it. Um, I, I, hey, I'm Reggie not Bush sh- is out there. Who picks up Reggie Bush? Where's a good place for this? Bush has to go to. Well. You know, Bush would be the kind of guy that I could see a guy like a Belichick getting. You know, where he knows, listen, I can't run this guy 20 times a game, but, man, I can run him four or five and hit him with a couple passes out in a flat that he's going to turn into 25-yard gains. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, situational he is. And DJ uh, Spiller is a guy that I've got my eye on. He seems mm-hmm. like a nice uh, – maybe I'm wrong here. I, I kind of see Dallas or somebody like them looking at a Spiller saying, you know, we've got the line. This guy was a top-ten pick, um, had an injury that issue last year. Well, sure, Although you and I both believe they're going to go into the draft and, and get a guy, a Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley or someone like that. My guess is if Gurley or Gordon are on the board when they get to 27, Gurley 1 and Gordon 1A, that they're going to Dallas. Either guy in that offense. I mean, Gurley has all the – If we the, go uh, by recent history, um, they should be available because the NFL has discarded the premium on on backs – um, running back. Gurley's so, you know, a beast, and Gordon, Gordon's a plug-and-play in that offense because Wisconsin basically runs m- many of the same principles in the running game that Dallas does with the, with the you know the, the zone-blocking scheme. So Gordon's been running because these the plays. Because the Cowboys are so good up front, I am extremely excited to see um, what happens at that running back position for them because I know whoever they get back there is going to be successful. It's just who is it and just how wildly successful – can they be? So I am really going What about Stephen Ridley? Let it. me throw a guy out there for you with some talent that had a big year in New England two or three years ago. He's only 25 or 26 years old still. What mm-hmm. about him as a guy who's kind of a bridge? I mean, I think they want a veteran in there to kind of help transition a rookie. Even if you get a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon, you don't want that guy walking in there feeling that they have to. Yeah, and it has to be the right kind of veteran that's going to you know, be okay with uh, a rookie coming in and getting a lion's share of the carries. It's got to be the right kind of guy. So it's not just any you know any guy that's out there. Ridley, who's never been a premier back in the league, might be okay with that. And um, even Spiller, because so Spiller shared time with Fred Jackson. I mean, he's used to that deal. I don't think he was. He may not have been all that happy with it though. Um, and, and leaving out of Buffalo may feel like uh, maybe it's time for me to go somewhere where where I could shine. He could probably do a whole lot of damage behind Dallas's offensive line last one before we take off how quickly has uh percy harvin's career seemed to have spiraled he's out in new york and he's out there twisting in the wind no one seems to be chomping at the bit to pick this guy up i I don't know you know if you can get that headache migraine thing under control where you don't have to worry about him showing up at the stadium and not being able to play i still think he's a guy that can can help you in the right situation because of his his you know, speed, just his game-changing speed, and if nothing else, on the kick, the in the kick game. So, I mean, I well, well, I thought that I thought that was it, but breaking news, um, it looks like the Cowboys have signed Darren McFadden. How do you feel about that one? The Cowboys have signed Darren. Well, I mean, there's a guy that's really had an injury. You know, I mean, I'm not sure it's a talent issue with him. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's a guy that makes some sense to me. He was playing in a. Committee well, there's your veteran guy. There's your veteran yes. guy who should be okay with sharing carries because he's just he has to know he's not durable enough to uh, to to take the kind of to do what Murray did in terms of carries last no. year. So he might be all right with pairing up with a Gordon or a Gurley or a Coleman or 
or some or an Amir Abdullah or whoever that the uh, Cowboys may have their eye on picking up in the Well, he's certainly every bit as talented as a CJ Spiller. He's got speed. Um, you know, question like you said, he doesn't need to be a 300 carry back in Dallas and that's a good thing. Um, let me ask you one more before we go about different mm-hmm. uh you, you know, we were talking about different players. What do you think about uh a guy like him? Coming in there, do you think do you think that they will only use him? Do you think they're telling him up front that hey, you are you know you, we're we're expecting ten carries a game from you, or do you think it's like hey, you're the man? Uh, listen, um, you McFadden, okay, and, and you know, listen, not all these guys are have a very good self perception, but him, he has to understand that if I'm going to last in this league, I've already you know I'm, it's clear to me now that I'm not durable, okay, if he's being honest. I do need to go to a place where I can, where I don't have to shoulder the entire load. So they may not even need to say that to him. He may have said that to them. You know what I mean? For all, for all I don't know, and we don't even know what they signed him with the with the contract. Did you read the article that I sent you with the the thing about guys who touch the ball? And we talked about this in the fall, by the way. This is not me being a. Uh, oh, listen! I told you, I heard that stat driving in the car one day from one of these fantasy geeks that most people would just turn off, but it's the 400 touches in a season. Touches. In yes, season, there's me, but, but there, I have guys. people out there that tell me, oh, you know, you're just being bitter, you're a cowboy fan. I say, listen, you don't listen to my show because my partner and I talked about this in the middle of DeMarco Murray's great season. 400 touches in a season, counting the playoffs last year, Murray had 447 carries and something carries, like 40 not touches, carries. carries. And he man, had something so like 40 some receptions. So he had almost 500 touches. The last guy with a 400 touch season to basically replicate the season the next year was like Eric Dickerson in nineteen eighty three or something like that. So you're basically very, saying, very early in his career. Like right. second, so you're basically first, first saying if you're Chip Kelly, what you're basically betting against now, if you're a betting man and you like to to, to believe that statistics are a driving force if they're over a long period of time, you're betting that DeMarco Murray is Eric Dickerson. Basically. You just bought a very expensive car and the owner drove the hell out of it the last he put fifty thousand miles per year on it the last two years. So, um, yeah, look, no one no one thinks that they've made the greatest move, so we'll see there. McFadden's contract seems to be two years. I think it's a good signing for them, very low risk. I don't think they probably put a lot of money in How do you feel thing, about so. him compared to a Spiller? You think they're basically, even though they're different players, you think that's the same type of guy? Hey, you think it's better? Or what same, do you think? Say, same type of guy. Spiller hasn't had the injury issues um, that McFadden has, but then again, McFadden was in the cemetery of the NFL, so you know that could have possibly contributed to his deal. McFadden's not a number one back in this league, so uh, I think he's going to a spot where he has probably been told or is aware of that. You know, we're going to bring a rookie in here, and you're going to you know shoulder the load with 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 a rookie. And man, you're in Dallas, man, running behind a really good line. You have a chance to you know, have the career you thought you were going to have when you were leaving Arkansas. So um, I think it's a good signing for, for, uh, for both sides. So um, Cowboys have gotten, have gotten like Green Bay, New England type smart in this free agency. And why did you that happen? Happy about Admit that. who told you was running that team. I told Someone you last year. Someone locked Jerry in the, in the water closet. No, I told you, know, you last year. Him. The son is 50 years old. It's his time to shine now. He's in his prime of his career, and he's basically said, Dad, you can be the face of the franchise. I don't have a big ego. Dad tends to get emotional, right? Dad yes. tends to get emotional, and this guy's uh, a bean counter, I guess. So, or he acts like one go. if he's not. He acts like a bean counter. He understands analytics, and he's basically said, Dad, you can go out and do the interviews. You can take the credit. I don't have that big of an ego, but I'm making the decisions. <laughs>
we're not drafting well, it, Johnny Football. It seems to be working, and um, I'm anxious to see how it bears out for for the Dallas Cowboys. I may become a closet Cowboys fan. If oh they make boy! The proper moves in the draft. Oh boy! Just, just if they make the right moves in the draft, I'll be uh, very interested to see what they do when draft time comes around. All right, that's it. Um, that's the end of another great Gridiron Stud show. We've been gone for a while. The shows are gonna, you know, be here and there for the next. Uh, month or so. Although when we get towards the end of this month and we start doing the tournament, um, we will be more frequent. You know, stay tuned to us on Twitter. Well, we got our draft coverage, right? We got our. We, we do have doing that. Draft, Although they push so. this thing later and later, uh, we do need to start doing that. But again, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, for future updates on future Gridiron Studs shows, please follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. And again, thank you for listening to us. Enjoy your weekend. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Great Iron Stud Show. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.